Welcome to Karura's weekly podcast. Thank you so much for taking your time to journey with us. We hope your spiritual life will be transformed as you listen in. We start in three, two, one. I want to thank you, Pastor Josh. Let's appreciate Pastor Josh for leading us this morning. I want to Nisana. And we just want to keep reiterating the message about COVID. That's important that you protect yourself and protect someone who is sitting next to you. So please, through the service or whenever you're in such meetings, please keep your mask on. I know it's not very comfortable, but it's what we have to deal with. So please keep your mask on. Make sure you you are covering your nose and your mouth, and uh, keep sanitizing when you can. But Karibuni Sana, good to have you this morning. You guys are looking amazing from up here. Uh, yeah, yeah, all of you are, are actually looking very amazing. It's so good to see you, Mambo Vipi. Mambo Vipi. Mbona ni upande moja tu wajibu. Mambo Vipi. Asanteni Sana. But we pray that you have continued to enjoy what we have been doing. Uh, made for more campaign. And we pray that you are not just enjoying or just learning, but you are also practicing the things that we are getting to study and get to know from the book of Ephesians. I don't know how many of you the last week you are able to try the test that Pastor Ngari shared with us last week, the apest or apest, depending on whether you went to a group of schools or a school with groups. Um, you are able to, to try that apest thing. Any of you took that, that test where, where you discover whether you are an apostle, a, a pastor, an evangelist, a shepherd, or a teacher? Oh, I can see some hands. If you haven't tried it, please, please try that, uh, that um, test. It will help you, you know, get to discover what gifting you have and how you are a gift to the church because you are a gift to the church. And the church is not just this local congregation, but the wider body of Jesus Christ. Now, so far we have looked at um, made for more, made to be more, made to love more. Last week we saw made to do more. And today we're looking at made to go more. We will be looking at the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Now, many times you wonder, where am I supposed to go? And there are most of us who are like, maybe I'm supposed to go to church. Now, that's a brilliant idea. But, but really, let's, let's do Let's do a quick review and see where actually you ought to be going every day. Now, in a week, we all have 168 hours, all right? That's seven days, uh, 24 hours, 168 hours a week. In a week, let's say you, you, know, you sleep at least seven hours. So you spend 49 hours in a week asleep, all right? So you, you are inactive in those hours. But then, let's say you, you are actually a believer. You are someone who is committed to God. You attend worship, um, worship service on Sunday. You attend your community life group meeting uh, every week. Um, let's say you, you even attend um, our midweek service or whatever, you know. Let's say also you, you do what? You do your daily devotions, 30 minutes a day. That's three hours in a week. Uh, worship service is two hours. A community life group, your small group meeting is two hours. And then let's say you even serve in the worship team or you are volunteering to Maini or in our missions or youth or children's ministry. And let's say you give it two hours in a week. That totals to 11 hours. The hours that you give God or to the church, 
in a week will be 11 hours. And you are a very committed believer. You are a very committed Christian. 11 hours. So when you do the math, I wasn't very good in math, but when you do the math, uh, you have 168 hours, you sleep for 49, so 168 minus 49, you remain with, uh, what were mathematics? You remain with about 119, right? 119 hours, and then subtract the 11 hours that you give to God or to church, and you remain with 119. 108 hours. So where do you go in those 108 hours? What do you do with those many hours that you have at your disposal? You probably spend in your office, in your social circles, at school, visiting friends and neighbors and relatives. But really, what do you do with those 108 hours? Disturbing news, and the disturbing news is that most of us are asleep or passive in these 108 hours when it comes to our relationship with God and his mission to the world or in this world. And I guess that's why it's written in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 14 through 16. It says, this is why it is said, wake up sleeper. Rise up from the dead, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We simply cannot be thinking of God's kingdom in just the 11 hours that we give to God or to church. We cannot simply be thinking of the kingdom of God simply on a Sunday morning or when we go to church or in a religious setup. There has to be more. We have to wake up and go more. As already shared in previous sermons, we are uniquely created, specially designed by God who calls each of us to serve him in different ways. God has called us as his ambassadors, his representatives on this earth, to be mediators. You know, we've been called into the ministry of reconciliation where we can serve him all the time. This we ought to do in these places, in the places where we spend the 108 hours in a week. The 11 hours that we go to church, the 11 hours when we meet with our small group, the 11 hours or the 30 minutes that we take every day studying God's word, doing our personal devotions, those hours are simply for your equipping and refreshments. Those are moments to uplift you and to give you more ammunition as you go out into the mission field. In other words, you have been called to be a missionary. I know, shocking, breaking news. I am a missionary. You are a missionary. Our memory verse this week reminds us how we ought to live. And it says, uh, it's from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. It says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Please, let's say this verse together since it's our memory verse for this week. And this is how we say it. 
We say the reference, then say the content, close with the reference. All right? So let's do it together. Ephesians. Awesome. We, we could say that again with a bit of energy, like we mean it, like we know we are people who are the light. Let's stay, say that together. Ephesians. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, it will do you good to memorize that uh, uh, scripture. By continues uh, verse 9. For the fruit of the light consists in all, God, in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Now, a general understanding of missionaries is that they go into a community to teach about Jesus Christ and the Christian faith. Mission work depends on where the individual or group of missionaries are going. It could be international, it could be uh, local communities. Now, at the very least, missionaries' first responsibility is to God and then to his or her church. A missionary may perform his or her work through formal teaching in a classroom or in a religious setting or through informal communication. Many missionaries perform acts of community building. And that is what we are called to do as missionaries. Perform acts of community building where we can be the light in the community where we are. You are a missionary because Jesus commissioned you. Jesus speaking to his disciples, he says, go and make disciples. Now that's the call that we ride on as his followers, as his disciples today. Our focus as a church this year is actually make disciples who make disciples. It's an invitation by Jesus Christ to carry on with his mission on earth. Maybe you've never thought of yourself or never seen of yourself as a missionary. You could mention or you could write a few names, a few missionaries that come into your mind right now. Even as you, uh, you know, flip through your memory, see who missionary do I know? Which missionary do I know? Who do I know as a missionary? You could just, just write it down or just write it somewhere in your mind. But I would ask, what makes them, the names that are coming into your mind, the names that you're writing, what makes them missionaries and you not a missionary? What makes the difference? Why don't you see yourself as a missionary? The good news is, or the breaking news is, you are a missionary. You are called by God into the community. You have a skill set, you have gifts, you have passions, and you have a story that you can use to advance God's kingdom wherever you are. Now, maybe you're, you're saying, how, how really did I end up being a missionary? Let me help you. Now, being a missionary is about God and is not about you. This is, this is how it works. Or this is how, number one, God is the primary missionary. God pursues people in order to bring them into a relationship with himself. 
In Ezekiel 34, 16, it says, I will seek the lost, bring back the scattered, bind up the broken, and strengthen the sick, declares the Lord. He goes for them. God came for us. He is the primary missionary. And secondly, God's mission progresses throughout um, history. But even before I say that, God designs his mission with his final purpose in mind. In Ephesians 1.10, it says that God's purpose is achieved through his administration. Every step is crucial in the entire design. Reminds me the old day when, you know, KICC was the biggest building, the tallest building in Kenya or in Nairobi. And, you know, people would go and, uh, you know, before you do the photo or maybe after doing the photo where you're touching the top of KICC, you would go into, into the building and you could take the stairs or take the lift. But in the lobby, they would actually play a video of how KICC was built. And you would see how they created the foundation. You'd see how they put up the columns. You'd see how they would put the slab, do the columns again, do a slab until they got to the final floor. Every step was crucial in the construction, the building of, 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 of that design. And that is what God does. When he was creating us, every step is crucial in the process of accomplishing his mission. So secondly, God's mission progresses throughout history. Now, it's very important for us to understand our universal mission or our corporate mission, things that we are called to as believers, as Christians, things that we have to practice because they are taught to us throughout uh, history. Our corporate mission begins with Adam. No, that's our origin. That's where it all starts. And God tells Abraham, sorry, Adam, to be fruitful and multiply. Take dominion over the earth. And our mission from Adam is to demonstrate God's authority and not our own authority. It continues through Abraham. God tells Abraham, I will bless you and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Our mission is to receive God's blessings so that we might bless others. Continues through Moses. Moses leads the Jews out of Egypt and bondage so that they might be a holy nation. Our mission there is to lead people to the Redeemer so that they might be delivered from bondage to sin and spiritual oppression. Continues through the prophets. Scripture repeatedly tells us that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel. Our mission there is to receive God's word as a foundation of our calling. Continues through Jesus' life and the Great Commission. Now, when Jesus came, he broke two barriers. One, he broke the humanity barrier, and secondly, the sin barrier. If you remember our conversation around uh, Ephesians chapter 1, we spoke about the mystery, the incarnation of God or Christ, that God who is sovereign over everything came as a man, as a human being, breaking the human barrier. And then when we read it, the Bible tells us that he became sin for us. 
He took the sacrifice. He took the punishment that we ought to have taken for us. Breaking the sin barrier that we might find forgiveness. That's a mystery. And the beauty as we study the book of Ephesians, it's telling us this mystery has been revealed to us that we may live in the fullness of Christ. Jesus speaks and says, all authority has been given to me, going to all the world and make disciples. And our mission from Jesus' life and the Great Commission is to align our mission to the Great Commission, where the Great Commission is about making disciples. It continues through the Holy Spirit. Jesus, before he left his disciples, he told them, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit helps us to break the two barriers that Jesus broke. The human barrier that we can actually identify with other human beings. We can interact with people who are of different tribes and races. People who do not speak our language. We can identify with them because we are human beings. The Holy Spirit helps us. And then also helps us break the sin barrier where he convicts us of our sin and leads us into repentance. Our mission is fulfilled only through an internal motivation provided by God himself. It continues, through you, do not write you, write your name there. It continues through Martin, write your name there. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. Continues, God's mission in the world continues through you. I don't know what you discover when you look at yourself standing at the end of the line. You know, when you look at that line, you know, people like Adam, Abraham, Moses, the prophets, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, you're on the same line with them in accomplishing the mission that God has in this world. I don't know what you see or what you feel, but I pray that you see that you are part of God's master plan. When God created you, he knew where you would fit in his mission. And you need to rise and fit into that slot that God has for you. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Now, before Hebrews 12, it's Hebrews 11. And it's what we famously call the Hall of Fame or the Hall of Faith. You know, where the chapter shows us because of faith, Different people are mentioned and what happened out of their faith. Some of the people mentioned there would include Abraham. You know, some of those people, um, as they appear on that line, where you lie on. And I pray that you can get the encouragement that you have a great cloud of witnesses. People who have gone before you to accomplish God's mission. People who gave themselves into God's service into God's mission and you are next in line or online for you to carry on with that work 
The sad thing is that many people haven't realized that they are made to go more. Because they are asleep. They are asleep to three things. One, they are asleep to their identity in Christ. Ephesians 1 from verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. You know, and continue to say to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness, the forgiveness of our sins. We continue and we see he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. Right? Then it continues, we see in him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Verse 13 says, and you also were included. You are taken and put to belong. You were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The, Holy, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. From verse 18 it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy place and his incomparably great power for us who believe. I love what it says next. It says, that power, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. This is who we are. This is our identity. A people who are blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. A people who are predestined or people who have been adopted. People who freely enjoy his grace. People who have redemption through his blood. People who have been forgiven their sins. People who have been made to know the mystery of his will. He's revealed his will to us. People who are chosen. People who have been included in Christ. People who have been marked with a seal. People who have a hope. And people who have been given an incomparably great power. That is who we are. And I pray that you will realize who you are and get to know whose you are. The second thing why people are not realizing that they are made to go for more or go more is the one mission given to make disciples who make disciples. Last week we looked at chapter 4 and verse 11, 13 to 13 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. It is the one 
who has given people to be apostles, to be pastors, to be evangelists, to be shepherds, and to be teachers. Now, and I hope you discovered um, or you went through this question uh, last week in your small group. One of the discussion questions was, how do you see these gifts? Apostles, uh, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers in your office today. Because these gifts are not given for the church. These gifts are not just given for the religious setup or environment. These gifts are given for our daily life. You need an apostle in your office. You need a pastor in your school. You need an evangelist in your biashara. You need a shepherd in your community. You need a teacher in your family. These are gifts that we are given for everyday life. Rise up. Do the works of service. Rise up to your mission. Steve Caton writing in an article titled Ephesians in Practice. He writes and says, Equipping and empowering people cannot be a program the church offers. It must be the environment in which the church exists. Remember, the church is you and me, not necessarily a local congregation. And it is the process that churches use to make disciples. It requires church leaders to do the messy work of getting to know people where they are. It requires an army of mentors who are willing to walk alongside those who are new to the faith. It means answering hard questions and asking even harder ones. It calls us to strengthen our own spiritual lives so we can be a resource to those who are depending on us. We must roll our sleeves and get the work done. And the third thing, people are asleep they do not realize they are made to go more. They are asleep to the call to go. They are asleep to the fact that they are missionaries. I can bet when I said, think of a missionary that you know, I can bet it's not your name that came into your mind in that moment. Because we are asleep to the call to go. Matthew 28, 18 to 20, in what is famously called as the Great Commission, he says, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of edge go the command is given go obey that command could be wondering then how how do i go three things one start with mission do you know your mission do you know why god created you we've seen that god has uniquely created you to do something specific what godly ambitions do you have what God-given desires that compel you to make a difference in the world do you have? And these are questions that can help you discover your mission. At the end of my life, I would love to know that I had done something about 
words? What moves your heart? If at the end of your life you would know that this is your legacy, what is it that you would want to do? If I knew I couldn't fail, I would like to do what? Start a children's home. Start a Bible study in my office. Reach out to my neighbor. What? If you knew you wouldn't fail, you couldn't fail, what would you like to do? And then, once you get to know your mission, you align it with the Great Commission. Making disciples by what? I would say making disciples by preaching and teaching God's word in everyday opportunities that I get. What would your mission be? Making disciples by doing what? Maybe you're here and you're telling yourself or you're saying, you know, I, I completely do not know my purpose. I don't even know my mission. Please talk to um, Angela. Angela is in our training department after service. You can talk to her. We usually have a class. We call it the purpose class. And it takes you a step-by-step process where you're able to come up with a purpose statement, with a mission statement, and even set a vision on how you are able to activate your mission. Number two, how will you go? Start with community. Plug into the community. Our mission as a church is to be a worshiping community, helping one another to be obedient to God's word and to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ in a needy world. Karua Community Chapel seeks to help each of us to belong to the community. And that's why we have community life groups a small group that you can join and interact with them every week where you can find care and support, where you can be accountable. That's why we have affinity groups, men's group, women's group, singles group. That's why we have different ministries so that you can plug in and serve God. If you're new here, we would want you to be part of this community. And there's a, an experience that we do here. We call it the plug-in experience. And we will be launching that in April. Uh, please sign up if you haven't gone through plug-in and you would want to plug into this community. Then number three, and lastly, start with one small ordinary thing. Start with one small ordinary thing. Now, being made for more, doesn't mean doing rocket science revolutions. We are called into the small ordinary things of daily life. How do you live out as a missionary in your field of civil service, in your political office, in your corporate service, in your social circles, in your education, in your playgroups, in your uh, club membership? How do you live out as a missionary? You have been sent by God to that office. You have been sent, God to, sent by God to that matatu that you ride on every day. You have been sent by God in all that circle where you are every day. God has sent you there. That is your mission field. That is your mission field. That is where God wants you to start. Remember, in a week, you have 108 hours on the mission field. Start where you are. Let's reflect 
as we listen to this song. us to say 
um, reading the devotions this week from this book and I hope all of you have been um, enjoying your daily devotions on day three I like what the author says he says opportunities to be light to the world are all around us our communities are filled with people living in darkness Jesus desires that we have the same compassion for those in the dark as he had for us when we were once darkness maybe the elderly neighbor next door would enjoy going out for coffee or have you fix coffee for them in their home maybe the single mother could use help with car repairs or the troubled child in your child's class could benefit from an invitation to the church youth group intentionally doing what we can to push back the darkness fulfills us enlightens the burdens of others but most importantly it pleases God and brings glory to him Our memory verse Ephesians 5 8 says for you were once darkness but now you are light in the Lord live as children of light in your office where you spend 108 hours in your social circles with family and friends in your chama in your socials how are you living as light are you carrying on with God's mission let's arise as we so say say this prayer as projected on our screen. Let's pray together. Lord, where do you want me to go? Is it over the mountains, plains, or seas? I'll be what you want me to be. What words do you want me to say? Is there a wanderer you want me to seek? Savior, be my guide. Surely, there is a place where the harvest fields are wide. My labor is needed there. Help me go where you want me to go. Thank you. God bless you.